lot of all right, we're focusing this segment on from the huddle last night and the Larry Larry the Ted Roof Jeff Lebby press conference from yesterday. A lot the Larry Lebby. The Larry Lebby conversation. A lot of um analytics talk during the Lebby presser. Almost as if we all learned a new word and we're going to use it in everything we could possibly ask. <laughs> analytics, your thoughts. What is the analytical feel of that? Do you go gut versus analytics? And so in that moment, what was your analytical what was your, approach? What was the analytics to that? It's, it's, it's all good from Jeff Lebby coming up here in a bit. Can I share one thing from last night too yes. real quick? We had a segment where we asked, all right, what what can you fix right now? What can you fix right now? We're talking OU football, getting ready for Morgantown, West Virginia on certain day at 11 a.m. Here's what Caleb Kelly said, and I thought this was fantastic. Again, you're sitting up there with a two-time captain. I think Caleb was a two-time captain too, maybe, maybe one time, but you're sitting up there with Gabe and Caleb, two guys that were captains. I mean – People forget the year OU won the Sugar Bowl. Sorry, Sean. Against Alabama. Not the Auburn one, the most recent one. Alabama back in 14. They got smoked by Baylor on a Friday night. Maybe Thursday, Friday night, whatever it was. Smoked. And if memory serves me correct, Bob was chasing, Coach Stoops was chasing the all-time win total in Oklahoma Sooner football history. And I remember Pop and I doing a show where after that Friday we're like, gosh, I don't – I worry that it might not happen this year. I mean, they had – they had it handed to them. And what what did they do? They found a a way, Gabe as a captain, to right the ship and still end up having an excellent finish to their season. And if my memory serves me correct, I want to say that they actually won out. After the Baylor game, I'm trying to pull it up as we speak. The whole new Soonersports.com has me shook. Yeah, they lost to Texas, and they got beat 41-12 against Baylor. 41-12, Josh. They won their next three games. That was the Jalen Saunders in the corner of the end zone, Blake Bell touchdown pass. Um. Bob set the all-time win total, win record for Oklahoma coaches in their 41-31 win over Kansas State, surpassing Coach Switzer, and then they won the bowl game. Caleb Kelly, right? He was a guy that couldn't play but took a, a leadership role on this team heading into the Alamo Bowl, right, when things were looking a little bleak. And lost to Baylor, lost to Oklahoma State having to play in the Alamo Bowl for the first time ever. And Lincoln Riley had just left. Caleb Kelly said, you know, you stand up, you got to be a leader. You're still a captain even if you can't play. So I thought this was great whenever we asked, what is one thing that can be done now to help start setting the foundation and riding this ship over the final three games? If there's somebody I expect to continue on the path of passion and process and doing every single thing right, it is Coach Venables. And what I'm looking at is players who are 
needing to emulate what their coach is preaching and what their coach is about. Because I've been in rooms, I've had coaches where they say something, but they don't live it out themselves. And Coach Venables is not that way. And so I asked him the question on the Sunday show, when do you feel like your passion becomes your player's passion? Because when they play and they aren't as physical as they should be, when they play and they aren't making those plays and aren't having that sense of urgency that you always had as a player, I, I have to get to the ball, I have to get the call right, I have to be just sound in every little detail I do because pad level was horrible this week. And that's something that you're preached from as a Pop Warner kid. And if somebody I can expect to continue to be faithful to the process, it's Coach Venables. And all these players have to do is really buy in. Now, if you hear him say it, they have bought in. They have done everything they needed to do. And I, I, when you look at the results, there has to be something missing. And that's when I'm in the locker room, when I'm around, that's the only thing I could pin it on. That passion, that urgency, it's not the same as what your coach is, is preaching. It's not the same. And a coach can't want it more than a player because the player has more on the line. And coaches are going to get paid no matter what. Coaches are going to have that. And they're pouring into a player, but a player has to know that it's them on the field. It's them trying to make a future for themselves. It's them representing the university even more than a coach. And so I feel like when I played the last six years, that was my mentality. I want the weight on me. I want to show my passion. I want to play as hard as I can because of my last name, but because the Sooners on your chest mean something. And so at five and four, and I've never seen that before, you have to look in the mirror and say, what am I not doing? What, where, I, I need to go to my coach and ask. I need to go to myself and really look within and see if I'm giving every single amount of effort I can give because my results are not matching my work, then your work isn't isn't enough. And that just is how life is. That's how this game is. It's a game of performance. You either perform or you don't. thought that was pretty good from Caleb Kelly last night. Brent Venables isn't missing on his passion. Brent Venables isn't missing on his focus or what his defense defensive scheme is capable of doing. There is just, there's a disconnect that is happening somewhere between the practice field and the game. And it's been an unfortunate reality this year. Now, is that disconnect that our dudes just aren't bigger, stronger, and fast enough? Maybe. But I love that from Caleb. Brent Venables isn't going to change. He's gonna. You're not going to see him suddenly over there sulking or feeling sorry for himself. I, I think I said this yesterday when Coach seemed down in postgame. But it wasn't as if he's over there going, this is terrible, we're never going to win anything, we're done, we're doomed as a program. Everybody start packing your bags, let's see if we can, I don't know, find a defensive coordinator's job. So, no, not at all. That wasn't his mindset. It was, where do we need, what do we need to do? Where can we change? That scared the absolute hell out of me. There are dudes on the roof right now working. Is that what's going on? Tyler came in and said, can you guys hear that on the air? And I was like, no, I just did, and it literally almost cost me a new pair of bridges. I know. I, I was, like, wondering if there was oh. some big thunderstorm or something going on. Oh, my gosh. On. But, I, I, again, 
your coach is going to be steady. You're not going to go to the NFL and suddenly the uh, scouts are going to say, well, yeah, I noticed once you finally got out of OU, you found – and Brent Venables coaching, you finally found someone who could coach your defense right. That ain't happening, <laughs> right? So they're challenging them on their approach. I love, I, I love that from Caleb last night. you got to match the intensity of your coach, and that's not going to be an easy thing to do. you got to match your preparation – of your coach. You're a player, man. You got to be invested. You got to look in the mirror and take that stuff personally. Well, and if you thought it was good enough, it's not, right? Not to use that cliched Brent Venables quote, but look, uh clearly, like Caleb Kelly said right there, it's something's not matched up. And Brent Venables probably is not in the business of publicly shaming a bunch of his athletes right publicly sure you know putting down a bunch of his players but I think uh Brent Venables if he's being totally transparent knows that look the the buy-in's not quite right on on some level the buy-in's good but across the board it's not right because the results indicate that it isn't that was awesome that's that was awesome last night Gabe and Caleb are so fun they play off each other and I just basically sat there and ate cake. But hey, think about this for a moment. Quick sidebar from last night. Uh, Bob and Cindy Coleman were celebrating their 30th anniversary, and they brought cake. And all she wanted to do for her 30th anniversary was go to the Brent Venables Coaches Show. I'm trying to imagine what my wife would do. To 30th Did I say 30th, birth, 30th anniversary? Did I say it right? 30th anniversary. Not 30th birthday. 30th anniversary. If I told my wife that I'm taking her to a coach's show for her anniversary, Josh Helmer, I would not be married anymore. So kudos to you, Cindy and Bob. That's awesome. Babe, happy anniversary. Guess where I'm taking you tonight? Dinner and a movie? Nope. All right. Um, well, that's symbolic, though. Night out? No, no, babe. I'm taking you to Rudy's, and we're going to the coach's show. <laughs> um. All right, 405-651-3439, Fair questions coming in for the 512 and the 918 and uh, the 405. Even got one this morning from the 402, which we'll get to coming up here in just a bit. But it's funny because I like this. I, I want to answer a couple of you. Why are other first-year coaches having success and BV is not? It's a great question. Why is Brian Kelly excelling at LSU and has a team that's you know knocking on the door of an SEC championship game and the, the Sooners are mired where they are? Why is Sonny Dykes and TCU rolling? I don't know. Dan Lanning. Why is Dan Lanning, who we were all clowning after week one? Well, Brian Kelly, too, right? I mean, each of their sure. teams have gotten better. It's a great – I don't know. I don't know. But it's very – it's very frustrating, right? It's very frustrating because when you say we're built – OU's building something – the, the response is, so you're saying that TCU isn't? And they're sitting here at 8-0, 9-0, whatever they are right now. You're saying that LSU isn't? You're saying that Oregon isn't? No, no, that's not what we're saying. It's just 
obviously there was a little bit more work here to be done than we thought. And by the way, here's what I'll say to that question. So great, Mark, did you say Marcus Freeman? Bro, Marcus Freeman lost to Marshall this year, and they lost to Stanford. Just because they beat Clemson the other night, that's a good win for them. But I don't necessarily know if I would put Marcus Freeman in that category of dudes who have it all figured out and it's going to roll for them. I mean, they're, they're getting better, but they got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. That's a good win, really good win. But they're as likely to go out and lose to Navy this weekend as they are to continue this successful run. And I think that was their point, was yeah. another, another first-year coach that – having some success. Well, right? teams improving as they go. Gotcha. Um, I think Oklahoma has improved as they've gone along. I just think that they're playing better. Baylor's good, and I think they, and I thought they were going to stink. And you guys, if you listen with any regularity, I told you I would have much rather had have had Baylor in the first, second, or third week of the season than later. You get them later, that's a good football team. Now got them in week three. They lost to a BYU team that's terrible. So, and Dave Rand has been there for three years. But you have a choice, all right, in that world. You have a choice. And and it's an easy one. You can say, Brent Venables is a defense. This, this is my choice. Here's my choice. Brent Venables is a defensive-minded coach, and he is building a badass bully on defense. Sorry, sorry, pastors. That's around Pastor Mike. I'm sorry, sorry. He is building a bully defensively, all right? And he wants this defense as a head coach to be an extension of him. And y'all know Oklahoma hasn't had those dudes checking in regularly in the recruiting classes that are shifting the balance of OU's Cruton rankings because of what they've done on defense in high school. Historically, it's been the wide receivers, the quarterbacks, and that and the offensive linemen. That's understandable. But he's building a defense. And unfortunately, the guys that they have on the defensive line right now, either through injury or maybe just not being big enough, strong enough, aren't getting it done. And I fully believe that he's getting the most out of him he can. I fully believe it's 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 a physical and a mental change. And I fully believe that we're going to be having conversations in two to three years from now about, boy, think about how tough that was building that foundation in year one. Now look at this team, number two in total defense, number one in scoring defense. That, that, that's what I choose. It's a process, and they're going through it. Or you can go with Sonny Dykes is doing it, and – Brian Kelly's doing it, and Mar- Mar- you guys want to be Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman's doing it. LSU is doing it. Oregon's doing it. So, obviously, this is terrible, and we made a horrible hire. If that's the path you're going to go down, you're going to be on that path for about three years because he's not going anywhere, right? My, I think my path will be a little bit more fun. And we all believe that Dylan Gabriel's coming back for another year. So you'll be able to kind of Bryce Young, Jackson Arnold, right? You'll be able to Patrick Mahomes, Jackson Arnold, let him get used to being a freshman, and who knows? Maybe or at least Spitzer Rattler 
Caleb Williams him. Now listen, I don't like to go back on that, but I hear what you're saying. Maybe it does. So, I I am a firm believer that this thing is gonna be all right. But I'm I'm not sitting here like some clown salesman. I mean, I'm not gonna. How dare you? Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. If you want to be doom and gloom, hey, that's you. That's fine. And it's all done. And this guy, this guy's just not going to get it done because we had a 10 and 2 team last year and we were going to championships with this defense. Okay, that's fine. Go watch USC, right? I mean, that, that, you're watching OU over the last few years when you watch USC. Outside of somehow magically turnovers just gushing like crazy for that defense. Right, what Alex Grinch <laughs> tried to accomplish right. but never could. So I, I just – I'm a firm believer that they're going to get the dudes in here. And you, you can't be in a situation where you constantly and always are having to rely on your offense to bail you out. And you can't – do you know how many – I mean, Oklahoma had first-round quarterbacks drafted in back-to-back years and a quarterback taken in the second round in that third year. Right? I say first round, number one overall. You know, that's a rarity. George is winning national championships with a walk-on in Stetson Bennett. Now, he's no longer a walk-on, but you can't always be like, our offense is going to bail us out. That's what they're building towards. And it's not just going to be one guy. I saw someone earlier today. It's like, it's not just going to be – and you are 100% right. Just and But we've always been this way. Oh, Stats, help me remember. Who was a defensive tackle? You might remember it. Several years ago, they had that Juco defensive tackle. And everyone was, oh, so-and-so come. He's going to get here. Then he wasn't on the admissions. And everyone thought, this one guy, this is what we need. He's going to stack up the middle, and no one's going to be able to run against us. It's not one guy. It's not going to be if David Hicks flips, suddenly it's all right. But it's a trend, right? You, you suddenly start seeing five-star defensive guys that are wanting to come here. Can I tell you one problem we have right now in recruiting, if, if we can get sideways? Sure. we got to get all of our collectives on one page. All of our, I don't know what's going on here, uh, and I'm a big believer, obviously, in one Oklahoma collective, and I think they've done a great job, what Dusty and Gabe are doing. You've got the uh, Aaron Murray one that Roy Williams is all over. You've got, um, got, you've got the, the, this player-led one. You've got this over here. We've got to get all these together because I don't think financially those are able to do in pieces what an A&M – is able to do with theirs. And you might go, ah, a and five. I don't feel like I want to buy guys. That's fine. You might not want to. But you need it to at least be competitive. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to. I mean, it's the new era. Right. I mean, I, I was talking to an unnamed coach the other day, and he said, we, you got guys that want to come here, that want to come to OU and want to play for us. But, I mean, what do you say? Well, Collective-wise, you know, we got we got some things. You know, you can do an interview a week and make 200 bucks here, this, this right here. It, We've got to get them all on the same page because if they're getting paid or not, I don't know. But A&M's able to say, listen, you got 500 k walking in the door. That's something that has to get fixed, period. How do we end up on this train? What happened? I just blacked out. It's 1022. Well, money talks. It'll always talk. All right, quick break. Simple as that. <laughs> quick break. Can I, can I get a little Jeff Levy when we get back? That was Caleb Kelly. You choose. You you choose. What's I'm old enough to remember the choose your adventure when you had the books. Remember the books back in the day? Back in the day you had the books. 
And all of a sudden you look to the books and you're like, turn to page five if you choose this. Oh, I'm dead. Choose to page six if you choose this. Michael Thompson. Michael Thompson what? Is that who you were thinking of, the player? No, that was not who I was thinking of. There is a different defensive tackle that was coming in, and everyone's like, and he was a Juco guy. I don't think Michael Thompson was a Juco guy. This is fairly recently. This is like seven years ago, and there was a big defensive tackle, and he he just never materialized. I don't think he was, oh, my good. But everyone's like, oh, when we get this guy? It's not one guy. All right, we got, listen, we have to break or Drake is going to come in here and choke us out, and he's got little hands, so it would take really long for me to choke out. I don't want that. Quick break. When we come back on The Ref, you'll hear from Jeff Levy next. No, no, no. Listen, listen. I appreciate all the effort that's going on here. I had to text stats to ask him just to double check. It wasn't Mo Dampier. It wasn't Michael Thompson was from it? Missouri. He hasn't replied yet. I don't know what he's doing. He's retired. Come on, stats. Come on, stats. What the heck? Is, is he what, not what's going to on? The show? There was. I thought Stats was our friend. He was supposed to be helping us out here. Defensive tackle. He was a junior college kid. Came to OU. Everyone was like losing their minds about it. And it just never materialized. Whoever gets it first. See, I just did that. And you're going to get Jeffrey Johnson. Wait, hold on. No, it wasn't Austin Roberts. That's good thinking. Might have been. Might have been more like 20. Maybe 2014. Maybe I should have asked Gabe. Try it out. No. We could end up in quite the rabbit hole here today. I appreciate all The winner gets the elusive ham sandwich. And when I see you next time, one Haribo peach courtesy of Josh's gift to me. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be great? It's like someone actually runs into me. He's like, hey, you got that peach gummy? I'm like, yeah, right here, buddy. They just pull it out of my pocket, Napoleon Dynamite style. All right, yesterday – during the presser, let's start with – you want to start with Jeff Levy? Absolutely. All right, coming up after the bottom of the hour, we're going to hear from Tina Floyd from Floyd's RV. She's going to jo- – the Oklahoma City Spark <laughs> sold Floyd's RV. Um, but Jeff Levy was asked about the message to recruits, and I thought, I thought it was a really good kind of two-part question that took place in here from Eric Bailey because it's more than just, hey, what are you telling recruits? It's also, all right, what's, what's roster – development look like staying the course and knowing that there's a plan and and understanding that getting leadership not going to flinch and continuing to to believe in you know, the plan and understanding that we're we're going to get there and and be where we need to be how much right now do you know the needs of your football program of your offense right now compared easily to what you had last year when you came in I mean, I, there's, it, it's completely different just from the standpoint of understanding exactly what we have now being uh, nine games into this thing. You know, going through a spring, going through a summer, going through, you know, nine football games, you know exactly where we're at from a roster standpoint and and what those things are to, to make sure that we're getting done through recruiting. Now, I know, I know the recruiting buzz seemed – Quincy Russell! That was it. Did Quincy stats Russell. get back to you? No, I just realized it because someone tweeted it. Who is that? That is the if we have a Mazio's player of the game, that is our Mazio's. Charles Walker? No, come on, that's a good guess though. Charles Walker. Yeah, Quincy Russell. Quint man here, Quincy Russell coming from Southern. He's down in Mississippi. Boy, he's going to come in and be a dude. Don't think that ever really materialized the way that it was supposed to. Thank you, four oh five. 
You're my favorite today. That I thought you were talking about Perion Winfrey. No, <laughs> come on, man. I'd remember that <laughs> from last year. At least he ended up being a pretty decent player. Um, the concerns defensively obviously are around Vasic right now, right? So when we're talking recruiting, I don't necessarily know if anything is too bothersome whenever it comes to the offensive side. But what is bothersome is on the defensive side, hearing about so many opportunities for teams to go for it on fourth down. What we don't focus on is that Oklahoma has, well, they've, they've become a school that hasn't been afraid to go for it, minus maybe one situation on Saturday. Uh, in fourth down situations, too terribly much. Jeff Lebby talked about how that has been a constant evolving mindset. And wait for it and go. I think it's it's changed quite a bit. Obviously, the analytics piece of it, and and using analytics throughout a game, and understanding what uh, conversions on fourth downs can do for you throughout the flow of a game, and and how it can affect the the end. And uh, so, just with that understanding and that that information, I think guys are a lot more aggressive than they've ever been, a lot more calculated than it's ever been from that standpoint. So. Uh, for us, you know, the the fourth down that we don't convert, that at the end of the day, man, that's going to create confidence or not create confidence to be able to go for them. And so we've got to convert. Uh, that's a play that uh, shoot that that was that was a big one. And I, at the end of it, again, I, I think it affects us not going for it later on in the game. By the way, um, that fourth and one, that was a massive hole. There was a massive hole that Marvin Mar- that Marcus Major missed. Yeah, that he ran right instead of running left. Well, there was even a hole there on the right side too. There was two mass on a fourth down. You should get one there, easy. But the other question was how much of it is gut, how much of it is analytics. And by the way, I like the realization there from Jeff Lebby that hey, not getting that fourth and one probably affected this team not going forward on that fourth and four late in the game. Yeah, I think I think a bunch of that is how Coach V feels about it. We've Again, we've got to do a great job of converting so it creates confidence for him to, to say, all right, let's go for this thing. Hey, you're, you're four downs here, whatever it is. So that's, that's our job offensively is to convert in those situations so that you have an opportunity to go do it again. There you go. So a little bit from Jeff Levy. We'll hear from Ted Roof coming up in just a bit. When we come back, though, moves are being made in the softball world. We'll talk to Tina Floyd next as we get set for season one of the Oklahoma City Spark right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. We'll get to Ted Roof coming up here in a second. What's it going to take for the Sooner defense to get back on track? We'll hear from Coach and the top five stories of the day. But right now, I'm pumped to be joined on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line by Tina Floyd owner of the Oklahoma City Spark and getting set for the inaugural season by making money moves. So first, let's start with the new home, right? Uh, Congratulations, Hall of Fame Stadium. Take me through that process and kind of what all went into deciding, hey, this is where we're going to play our games in 2023. Well, it was an assumption, I think, when we first named the Spark was coming to Oklahoma City. That's a a fantastic facility to play at, and there's just so much – excitement generated, you know, at Hall of Fame Stadium. So that was the assumption. It was just a, like anything else, that was a negotiation process. was what works best for both of us. Uh, we've been working on it for a while, and it finally clicked and was the right move for all of us. And so we were thrilled yesterday to get to announce it. So 
Do we have an idea, Tina, of what the schedule might look like? How many games we're looking at being at Hall of Fame Stadium? Could they? I don't have events around it too, like youth tournaments. What's what's kind of that process been like for you, or is that something you're putting on your incredible general manager Jim Gasso to get all figured out? <laughs> Well, that's um, funny because my incredible Jim Gasso is in the room with me right oh, now. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, he's going to take on some of those responsibilities. But, you know, we want to build that community even more and do have some camps out there and, and just make the city, I don't know how much more we can grow because Oklahoma City is huge with softball. But, yes, we want to embrace that and have, you know, offer those things for young kids and, and and have those tournaments or camps or whatever that looks like there. So that is something we are working with as well. As far as the schedule, you know, I would look for at least 20 games there um, at Hall of Fame this summer. Oh, wow. That's still in the, yeah, that's still in the negotiations with the other, uh, the rest of the league, as you know, uh, they did announce another team has joined the league, the WPS. So we, uh, Dallas has a team. So we're hammering out the, the schedule now and hope to have the schedule released early December. It's good stuff. Early December. So, how fun has it been, Tina, to work? I don't want to, you're not in conjunction, right? There's there's a lot of rules that are involved, but to have so much passion from Oklahoma Sooner softball fans, and then in that, you know, Patty and the excitement that OU softball has to have a professional team. Uh, again, rules that that come into play because we don't want to risk anything. But how fun has it been to see so much excitement from the the, the college program at OU for what you're building professionally here? What's been crucial in our development and naming this team, like you said, it's we're, we're softball supporters in general and advocates of females. So it doesn't matter for me, you know, where, but the, the excitement in Oklahoma is here. We have two great teams in the state of Oklahoma, but of course, uh, with having you know legends like Coach Gasso in Norman, it kind of people recognize that name and know like we're already doing great things in the state. So we're just going to take it up one more notch and continue and, and hopefully keep some of these athletes here. Now, speaking so of that, continue. yeah, speaking <laughs> yeah. of that three questions in, I finally get to Jossie. Um, <laughs> I, I know when you bought and, and you decided why well, I say bought this franchise, but when you, you realized you were going to invest in this franchise, Tina, that one of the first things you wanted to do was get difference making players and, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say that a Jocelyn Alla would have been right there about number one, number one. So how cool was it and is it for you to land one of your top targets? It's been the greatest. Jocelyn is a phenomenal athlete. We all know that. And to have her back here at her second home, and that's what she she calls it as well, is was crucial for us. Just this is home for her. This is She knows the people here. Uh, the community loves her. And she's just the best female athlete at that level right now in the world. So that was when you said number one on our list. Yes, there was. She was number one through ten, and now, <laughs> now we're ready to move it on. But we're thrilled to have her back here, and I think the fans are too. Hey, okay. So what has it been now? Two, three months since you made this official, or am I? Am I time seems to fly. Are we at four months already? We're at four. Okay. Okay. I think July, end of July. Okay. So from that point to now what has been has it been what you expected has it been surprising as an owner what what's kind of stood out to you the most as far as things that maybe you didn't expect or things that you did and and how rewarding or or frustrating even I guess might be a term it's been as you start this path because it's all new for you right yeah 
it is very new for me, but fortunately I've made some lifelong friends that have, have been in the business or, you know, been around all of this for a long time. So having the right people in your corner, and like you said, you know, Jim Gasso all the way to you know, Coach Flores, just the people we've already named, having those people in your corner and surrounding yourself with those those type of people is 100% is what is helping us move this forward. So we're looking to keep adding to the team, and we will. Uh, but the thing that I wouldn't say surprises me the most, but brings a smile to the face at the end of the day, is when you see just the love and the outpour from the fans in Oklahoma. That you know, when we signed Jossie, that was just huge. Everybody was, you know, so happy. So to see that that we're doing some right moves that are make that are you know just embracing that people embracing the community even more is is great. And it uh, and by the way. Beyond just jo- Jossie, you're still in the process of putting players together. Uh, you, I mean, it sounds crazy to say, but Jossie wasn't necessarily player numero uno because you did get Michelle Moultrie, who's uh, going to play for the Spark this year. Um, you're you're building some rock stars uh, on this on this roster. What is that roster building process? How fun has it been? It's it's great, and again, that's a large part of what Jim Gasso and, and Coach Flores are doing is vetting out these players and seeing, you know, we, we, we're we here and we're not just going to try to put a team together. We're one, we want to win a championship and we're not messing around. So uh, surrounding, we're going to just keep building it from top to bottom. And, and Michelle Moultrie was our first player and, you know, an Olympian top-notch player. So that's, that's what I think you, the fans, everybody can see moving forward is, we're getting great players and great individuals in who we pick. So when you invest, when you see a guy like a Brandon Phillips, former major leaguer, guy who's gone to all-star games, when you see him investing in a franchise just down I-35, what does that do for your confidence? I know your confidence is sky high. You're not going to invest money in this if you don't think it's going to be a smashing success. But how much more does that kind of like verify things to you when you see someone like that getting involved in this league? I think it's huge for the league and just women in sports in general to have a, a you know ex player like Brandon that's buying in and says, "Hey, I'm, I want to do this with females and move females forward." So for me, it's, it's just a confidence boost that we're getting the right people in as as franchise owners and. And that's going to carry on building this league even greater and bigger every year. So I think it's great. I'm excited to have a little old-fashioned, you know, OU Texas rivalry of some not OU Oklahoma Texas rivalry of some sort. I, like, so I see. What I'm you're excited for it. I like it. Hey, uh, two more quick ones, <laughs> and I'll let you get out. Um, yes, sir. What's next? What's the next step now in this process, Tina? And what can fans be looking forward to? Fans can be looking forward to some more phenomenal athletes being named to our team. Uh, we're going to be addressing and naming uh, probably another one next week, and it just will keep growing and growing. So I would tell fans that are already following us, you know, to get on and follow because you're going to recognize some local names as well. So we're building a, a good team. And then I guess the, the final question is, what can we do right now? Just stay tuned to social media. Um, are tickets on sale yet? What's kind of the, the next call to action for fans? Call to action, I would say, is to make sure to go to um, okcspark.com and sign up for our newsletter and ticket information. That's no, everyone's number one question is, how can I get tickets? How can I get tickets? It's a good That's problem. going to become available. <laughs> yeah, as soon as we know our schedule and get that, you know, with Dallas coming in, too, that kind of didn't really slow us down, but just 
have to go a different path because that's a great problem to have, that growth. So as soon as we get all that hammered down, fans that are already following us, they'll be first to be able to see those tickets go on sale. So I would say, yes, follow us on social media and that, and go to our website and sign up. You're awesome. All right, Tina Floyd, I appreciate your time. I hope you're getting a little Thank bit you, of Mr. A, Plank. I hope you're getting a little relaxation, but it sounds like you're kind of grinding <laughs> nonstop right now, aren't you? Yes, we're we're grinding, but it's good. It's all, all right. good. Keep Poppy busy. That's what he needs. I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. We'll see you. That's Tina Floyd. As she said, if you want to get involved or you want to get on the waiting list or you want to learn more about what the OKC Spark are all about, you can go to osay.com. OKCSpark.com. There's news about Jocelyn signing, and there's also a link where you can get ticket information by joining their newsletter. All right, quick break, 1048 on the Plank Show, Best of the Air Comfort Solutions text line, Ted Roof coming up, and the top five stories of the day right here on The Ref. Thanks to Tina Floyd for joining us. You can find that on the podcast page when we wrap up, kref.com. Do you remember to vote today yet, Josh? I don't see your sticker on you. And, I mean, you're running out of time. It's it's only one. It's only eleven o'clock, and you have until I think like seven o'clock tonight. So. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll vote once we sign off. I I vote. Oh, I just. I Are you okay? Oh, hey, hold on. We broke into the hardball peaches during the break. Oh, can I slide yeah, over there on, and get one? Can, grab one right now. Let's do this on the air. But I vote at the Goldsby Church, which is right across the street from Mark. Take about three or four of those. All right, there you go. Which is right across the street from Markham's Nursery. Well, you can take the whole bag. You bought them. It's right across the street from Markham's Nursery. Um, what do you think? But I'm excited. I go there as soon as I'm done with the show, and I like to try to hang out. I like to try to talk shop with the election workers. Hey, man, how you guys lean it? It's always a good uh, approach. What it's do you a, think? It's a tremendous candy. Isn't it? It's You probably don't think it's as good as I do, do it's you? It's like a peach gummy. Yeah, it's unbelievable. What it, it's what it is. It just doesn't have that kick to it. You threw me off with a peach gummy. I'm like, what do you got, what do you got over there? <laughs> it just doesn't have that kick to it. Yeah, I love these things. It's like a peach gummy minus the uh, still feels oh, like it's going to get Trevor. you in jail. Trevor, gra- grab a couple of those. So what you do is is you can't just chew it. You got to s- savor it. Thank you, because I almost got in trouble. Oh, do you see? Someone caught me. My man Joel. Out in Washington, he he caught me on it, called me on it at, at Bible study on Sunday night, which was a little bit embarrassing, Joel. Totally just kidding. I don't care. But did you happen to hear my interview with Eric Gray post game on Saturday night? No. What happened? Has TJ and Toby talked about this yet? I feel like if I get out in front of this, then maybe it won't be an issue. <laughs> but the other part's like, should I address it at all? How about this? How about I'm just I'm gonna read the text from the Air Comfort Solutions text line, and then I'll play the question next hour, to kick off next hour. Okay. From the 405, how about Plank talking about sex in the post game? Oh no! Could that be why they aren't advertising you guys? I had a Freudian slip whenever I was asking Eric Gray about the success that he was having out there. Oh, man. So it was – by the way, EG – The brain works in funny ways, people. Right. It was – what was – Brian? ask Brian No, if you ever want to get a funny story. We were doing a morning – we were doing a morning show, and I tried to say fun 
suckers, <laughs> and somehow the S got completely left out of that. What, what was Brian No's reaction he, in that he, moment? I think, first of all, it was shock um, because he didn't say anything. <laughs> How could it not be? And then when it registered what I just said, I quickly <laughs> moved on. and Because, you know, they tell you, here's the rules. You guys, quick little radio rule book for everyone. <laughs> Act like it didn't okay? happen. Ex- here's what you do. Because <clears throat> uh, someone had sent me Mike Gundy dropping – um, <laughs> we can't do S right now on the radio network. You're supposed to not dwell on it. That's the whole thing is if you don't dwell on it, then you can move on. But if you sit around and you say something and you dwell on it, then that's when you can get in trouble. It's like, I can't believe that I did this and said that. Did you guys hear me say what? this? Did you guys that? hear that? Did you guys hear that? Right. That's when you get in trouble is when you constantly. So it's basically, it's like a bad idea to. Set the building on fire and then kind of like run around and tell everyone. Did you? Did you guys see that building see on fire? fire back there? I, I, who did that? <laughs> yeah, I was guy. Joel. Joel's such a good dude. Um, he's he's quickly becoming one of my one of my buds. And he he was so uncomfortable. He's like, so did you have a conversation with Eric Gray about SEX the other night? <laughs> <laughs> did Eric Gray start laughing? <laughs> oh, dude, I wish I had a video on him because he kind of looked at me and I looked at him. Because you're you're after a loss, right? And we were doing it in the hall, right? We used to have this room, and suddenly uh, the receiver's room was all was all busy. There was a lot of people in there. So we just sat out in the hall. There's a nice table out there. And I think someone was walking by, too. I think Turk was taping one of his blogs or something. And I'm going back and forth with him, and I say it, and then we both got to look at each other, and we laugh, and he plays it off and just rolls with it. So you, you want to hear it? I would love to, yeah. All right, let's do it next. Plus the top five stories of the day. Um Absolutely no excuse on the Air Comfort Solutions text line from the 405. Absolutely no excuse for a team like OU to have the worst defense in the Big 12. Iowa State has a better defense than us. No excuse at all. That is true. That is true. But would you would you take Iowa State's defense and being 1-5 in, in the Big 12 or whatever they are right now? I mean, c- calm down. Yeah, they've got uh, a different set of problems. Uh, all right, so quick break, quick break. And we'll hit our top five stories at NX.